0: From Piccadilly to Pow Mau, and Buckingham Palace to Bethnal Green. Your podcast on the UK's capital city. This is London Babylon. Mind the of the door, please.
1: With news, events and interviews from the world's greatest capital city. With your host, Mark Scarf.
0: Hello and welcome to a new episode of the London Babylon podcast. Today my guest is Jason Illargan who runs the Humans of the Arsenal Project. Now, if you're an Arsenal supporter, you may have come across Jason's website. He chronicles what it's like to be an Arsenal supporter in photography. It's a fantastic website. If you haven't seen it, please go and have a look. He primarily photographs Arsenal supporters and talks to Arsenal supporters outside the ground. Sometimes he's lucky enough to go inside the ground. Now, Jason is an expatriate Australian who's lived in London for the past five years, I spoke to Jason about what it's like to live in London, why he went to London. We spoke about Arsenal, we spoke about the Humans of the Arsenal project, and we spoke about London in general. So I hope you enjoy my conversation with Jason Illargan from the Humans of the Arsenal. Hello, Jason. Welcome to the London Babylon podcast. How are you?
1: Mark, hello. I am good, thank you. How's things?
0: I'm very good, mate. How is the heatwave in London? Now, last Saturday... Uh, the one just gone was yep. um, apparently the hottest day of the year. How is it now?
1: It's it's cooled down substantially. So um, today, it's uh, Sunday afternoon. Um, they're forecast is 21 degrees, but at the moment, it probably feels like late teens, maybe 18, 19, 20, maybe at a stretch. Ooh, but um, it's, yeah, so we've had a bit of a reprieve, and I really appreciate that.
0: So that's what it was like today out here. Um, today is a winter's day and I think we had 22 degrees, but I'm telling you nothing new. You, mm. You're you from the western suburbs of Sydney like I am. What yep. is your interest? Now, I know you and a lot of people know you from your uh, the Humans of Arsenal project. Just tell us yep, a little bit right. about what that actually is.
1: Okay, so Humans of the Arsenal um, was inspired by another photography blog that I've come across. Um, you may be familiar with Humans of New York, um, where this bloke sort of wanders the streets of New York, um, pulls strangers up, um, has a little chat to them about their story or, or, you know, um, or, or whatever's going on in their lives, and sort of finishes off with um, taking their portrait. So what I did for Humans of the Arsenal is quite similar um, in terms of the concept, but what I think is a point of difference is that everyone has a unique story. Um, So I guess what I typically do on an Arsenal match day is um, I walk around, you know, the sort of the area around the Emirates Stadium, around Highbury, around Arsenal and kind of do the same thing with Arsenal fans. So, um, you know, find someone, have a quick chat to them, take their portrait. But essentially the the purpose is to find out what their Arsenal story is, you know, why they supported the club, um, what you know, sort of current issues surrounding the club, um, uh, their take on current issues surrounding the club, but mainly it's to sort of give people who may not be able to go to games a bit of a flavour about, you know, the history of the club, um, what what's going on in fans' minds, get a flavour of the match day experience.
0: So you're from Western uh, Sydney, as I am. That's you right. would have yep. grown up with a strong rugby league background.
1: Indeed, yes.
0: What's your? How did you get involved with supporting Arsenal?
1: Between the ages of five and nine, um, I was a Panthers fan, um, but I mainly supported Penrith because Brad Fittler was my favourite player growing up. So when he did make that move to the Sydney Roosters, um, I did follow him across to the Roosters and um, since about 95, 96, 97, I've been supporting the Roosters ever since.
0: So would the same thing ever happen with Arsenal? Are you entrenched in Arsenal or if something happened, would you be
1: inclined to move to another club? Uh, no, I, I'm, I consider myself an Arsenal fan for life. So I've settled on, um, you know, I live, live and breathe Arsenal and um, regardless of what happens, whether or not there's a change of manager, you know, in the in the not too distant future, or one of my favourite players leaves, um, that doesn't matter. I will consider myself an Arsenal fan for the rest of my life.
0: Well, I grew up supporting Parramatta. I lived in Wentworthfield, which is a, a suburb just mm-hmm. um, slightly west of Parramatta. I went to Parramatta High School. Yep. Now, the, now, the good thing about um, uh, my youth when, when I was a boy that they, gi- they used to give us a schoolboy pass and we used to go to the games mm. every week. So I went to Parramatta okay. Stadium from when it opened from 1986
1: mm, up mm, until
0: mm. I moved out of the area. So um, I was fully um, into the NRL. Um, but um, probably for 10 years now, I haven't, support- I haven't supported rugby league much at all. And Mm. as you would know, growing up, we didn't have a real um, sense of what uh, the Premier League or the First Division back when we were boys uh, was. Now, we only got selected highlights and not much coverage at all. Um, So it's only recently since we've had paid television out here that we're bombarded uh, with Premier League and soccer Mm. or football in general. Growing up, as you did in Western Sydney,
1: your interest in football grew from what? Um, I would say SBS, um, pure and simply. Um, You know, SBS, I hope it's still the home of sort of football and soccer coverage in Australia. Um, So I guess um, how I ended up falling in love with Arsenal was every weekend um, uh, the Premier League would syndicate a highlights package worldwide and SBS would... Kind of show that, um, and on one particular weekend, um, there was a match between Chelsea and Arsenal, and it was from a particular moment rather than um, than anything else that um, that I sort of started considering myself an Arsenal fan, and that was when um, Kanu scored a hat trick, um, basically in the dying moments of this of this match in uh, '99. So Arsenal were down two 0 um, They were playing away at Stamford Bridge. And um kanu basically single handedly saved the match and got three points for Arsenal with an amazing hat trick. Um, especially his third goal where he kind of managed to lob it over the keeper and over two defenders. And that was an absolute miracle. And in my eyes, I, I felt this club is for me.
0: Well, SBS, uh the the real name for SBS is the Special Broadcasting Service, but we knew it as the Soccer Broadcasting Service. Yeah. It's actually
1: <laughs> there's, there's another there's another acronym that um I think, because you know, um, SBS sort of you know did show a lot of foreign film, and, you know, <laughs> yeah. and 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 you know it's often films from Europe that sort of take a liberal mind, liberal, liberally minded view of sexuality. Indeed. So I think one acronym that I was aware of was um, "sex before soccer."
0: <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't heard that one, uh, but I am well aware of the uh, inclination for them to so, to show such uh, films. Yeah. <laughs> So um, just on your Humans of the Arsenal, I'm looking at it now. The pictures are absolutely stunning. Are all the pictures yours? or they, Yeah, no, they're all mine. Yes. They're absolutely stunning. Now, why did you move to London in the okay, first place? So it wouldn't have been to, to, to start this project, no doubt.
1: No, 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 no. That sort of came further down the line. So um, my wife and I were – we – been recently married, I think about six or nine months in. And we felt that, um, you know, we were quite established in our careers, but felt that we were looking for a bit of a sea change. And in particular, we wanted to do a lot of travel. We really hadn't had the opportunity to do that, you know, when we were at um, in high school or university or, you know, when we were dating. Um, so we thought, you know, let's take advantage of the two-year working holiday visa that's afforded to, you know, Commonwealth citizens um, and see what happens. So, we, um, up sticks, it's exactly, actually, it's actually, it's, um, exactly five years to the day we left Sydney today. So, um, yeah, so we've, um, moved to the UK, thought, okay, let's see what happens after these two years. And, um, five years later, we've, we feel really established and, um, and quite happy, um, with the way things are going here in London.
0: So is photography your main profession?
1: Uh, no. So, um, my sort of day job is working on digital content and editorial for um, one of the universities here in London. Um, but photography sort of um, takes place on the weekends, you know, when, whenever the, whenever there's football on. Um, I don't have the accreditation or the access to photograph um, uh, Premier League matches, particularly Arsenal ones. So, But I do get access to shoot um, a lot of the Arsenal women's matches um and often the um arsenal sort of under 21s under 23 matches so
0: can you just give us a sense on how massive arsenal actually is because the this project that you've got going which is a beautiful photographic um piece of work and and you're dealing with all the fans from Mm -hmm. what i'm hearing is you're not dealing with the club so much are the club receptive to what you're doing
1: um yes the club are well aware of the project and do try to accommodate me when they can obviously um the premier league being you know a multi-million pound beast you know they've got image rights and licensing but um where possible the club do try to give me access to to matches um access to Mm -hmm. events so the are very aware of the project they're very encouraging of the project so because you know it's Um, an alternate take of the match day experience Um, I'm sort of covering off areas that they may not necessarily have the access or the resources um, to and I guess what um, what really appeals to the project is um, the fact that Arsenal uh, because you know they're a club of massive stature they've got a massive social media following um, overseas um, I find that fans from overseas are are quite interested in in the project because, you know, they kind of want to aspire to what being an Arsenal fan is really all about and reading the stories um, that I post on the blog or the Instagram or on Twitter sort of um, bridges that gap of knowledge for them.
0: So if the club is uh, open to what you're doing, what about uh, someone else like um, Arsenal Fan TV, for example, where a lot of the time they criticise the club mm. um, but Again, uh, you're at the games. Are they, are they fairly, uh, fairly high profile? Or, are, again, am I looking from the
1: outside in and it's probably projected more than it actually is? No, uh, Arsenal Fan TV, I think, is, uh, they carry a really high profile. They're instantly recognisable. So um, when you see Robbie, who is the, the presenter of Arsenal Fan TV, outside the stadium with the, with the cameras, um, they're just surrounded by a massive crowd of people. Because um, you know they've got hundreds of thousands of, of subscribers, and people do flock to them, and they feel that Arsenal Fan TV serves as, uh, as a really good outlet for them to sort of have their say, you know, with how the team's going, you know, vent their spleen, um, you know. Um, so it's a really good way of sort of democratizing the fan experience, and I think Arsenal Fan TV does a really good job of that. Um, I did interview um, Robbie a couple of years ago, and he comes across as a Really pleasant guy, really easygoing, wonderful to talk to, um, and really knowledgeable. Like he's supported the club for, for decades. He's travelled with the team, you know, across Europe and to every home and away match. So um, Arsenal fan TV does have its place, and I think they, the, their reputation and the success is well deserved. As Australians,
0: we seem to think that we are the most supportive uh, sporting nation on earth. Um, and that's it. That tends to be our narrative. Um, mm. But when I see people like uh, like Robbie, and certainly he's not alone, they travel to every game, every away game, all the all the overseas matches. Now that must be obviously it. Obviously, is a fairly uh, substantial financial um, burden. Mm. Um, mm. Is there a lot of people that do that?
1: Yeah, I mean, Arsenal. Um, I feel have, and 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 I think that. Um, a lot of people see it this way. they have probably the most dedicated away supporters base um, anywhere in Europe. Um, you find that um, I mean I haven't had the pleasure of traveling away yet for Arsenal, but I hope to do so in the next season. but you know um, t- uh, the you know uh, each um, away team gets an allocation of tickets. And Arsenal, without fail, always sell out their allocation. No matter, you know, if they're travelling up north to Newcastle, or you know, or into you know the deep reaches of Eastern Europe, they will always have a supporter base. Um, n- I feel that not all sort of UK-based supporters will be able to travel, but no matter what sort of um, port Arsenal sort of dock into, they'll always find a strong supporters base. So, um, you know, for instance, the, um, I met a fan. Um, who lives in um, Zagreb, and Arsenal um, played, I think, a couple of Champions League matches um, there a couple of years ago. And not only were the sort of the, 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 the away grandstand, um, was, the, the away grandstand wasn't just full of UK-based Arsenal supporters, but they were also f- full to the brim with sort of you know, Croatian um, supporters or supporters from you know, sort of nearby countries and regions.
0: Well, Arsenal play two games out here in July. Uh, yeah. What's 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 the bet that um, supporters will come
1: out for those friendly games? Um, I think there will be a massive turnout. Um, I'm good friends with um, sort of the executive board of the Arsenal Australia Supporters Club, and you know the, they're telling me that um, you know the the membership base is I'm totally committed to the to the two matches. Um, coming up next month and from what i understand like um not 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 too many tickets are available on sale so um i do expect a a really good um a really good turnout for these two matches
0: Will there be many people traveling from the uk will they treat it as a holiday in australia and then arsenal
1: just happened to be there so let's go i think there'll be a good chunk of supporters from the uk um australia as a destination Without, you know, with or without football is a, is a wonderful place. The weather will be, you know, quite reasonable, um, especially, you know, with um, with supporters coming from, from the UK. So I think there'll be a good turnout. Um, I wish I could make it out myself, but I, my timetable and schedule just uh, kind of clashes, unfortunately.
0: Well, I absolutely can't wait to go. Now, I hope that they bring the FA Cup with them. Because when Chelsea I think they were. well, when Chelsea came out um, a few years ago, they brought out the League Cup, they brought out the mm-hmm. uh, the Premier League trophy, mm-hmm. and um, those those pictures take pride of place uh, in my in my study. So, yeah, uh, just on that, do you think they were actually the proper ones, or would they be replicas?
1: No, I'm I'm quite certain that they'll bring the FA Cup. Um, I, I, I base it on nothing at all. But um, given that they've got something to show off, I, I do expect to see the trophy out there.
0: It'll be a good night, and I can't wait. And I don't think there is many tickets left. Um, yeah. um, but uh, they're playing Sydney FC, who are our champions, yep. and they're playing the Western Sydney Wanderers. Yep. Yeah, and they should be two very, very good nights.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, on the Wanderers, I am um, unfortunately, I think, left the UK already. But I feel that if I had to pick an A-League team, um, and, base, and 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 I, I probably would go for the Wanderers just because, you know, I grew up in Western Sydney, so I think I would feel that sort of natural affinity with them.
0: Well, the Wanderers played at Parramatta Stadium, which is a ground that you no doubt know, uh, yep. which has actually been demolished now because they're building a new stadium, yep. and they pretty much were getting full houses whenever they were winning. So their
1: supporter base is absolutely uh, fanatical. Uh, yeah, I've got um, I've got a couple of family and friends who are Wanderers fans, and I do sort of see on their on their Facebook or on their Instagram um, accounts of them, you know, just in the I think is it the red and black block? That's sort of where you know the, the most fanatical of um, Wanderers fans sort of gather with chants and flags and the odd flare, <laughs> the odd flare, yeah, one or two.
0: <laughs> Now, Peter Wynne, who was who was a great Parramatta Rugby League player, he has a yep. massive sports store. Uh, sports mm-hmm. store in Sydney. It's uh, it's billed as the world's uh, largest Rugby League store. I was yep. talking to him the few times that I've been in there, and he tells me that the Western Sydney Wanderers gear outsells Rugby League gear probably two to one. No way. <laughs> Absolutely. So it just shows you how much uh, football is infiltrating the western suburbs of Sydney. Now, mm. now, the West did have a team in the past, the Parramatta Power, but that was in the yep. old National Soccer League days. Yep. Um, but the A-League out here is just going leaps and bounds ahead every mm. year.
1: Yeah, I, I hear that, especially, you know, the local derbies um, in, uh, in Sydney and in Melbourne, just you know, I think then when they play at the um, SFS, or whether they play at—I um, can't remember the name of the ground in Melbourne—but that's those stadiums. Are, uh, you know, are at absolute capacity, and they're just big talking points for the weekend.
0: They are, but I would—I would hazard uh, hes- would the guess to say that they're nothing like uh, the Tottenham Arsenal local
1: derbies. <laughs> um, probably not at that level yet. But I can see that happening in seasons to come.
0: So is the hatred of Tottenham as heightened as I think it is? It's real. Yeah. It's, it, it's <laughs> so, real. Yeah. It's 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 real. <laughs> so um, do any yeah. do any other do any other rivalries come close to matching that? I'm talking Premier League.
1: In the Premier League, um London derbies are always fiercely um uh fiercely contested um obviously you've also got i think in terms of other big premier league derbies you've got the battle of manchester so you've got you know city and united um and then you've got the um over in liverpool so um, liverpool and Everton. so those are two uh, are the other kind of big derbies you've probably got to another extent um stoke and uh i think it's stoke and newcastle or it's it's the it's like the battle of the rivers the the tyne and the and the weird derby so
0: uh, that would be Newcastle-Sunderland, I think. You're...
1: Sorry, Newcastle-Sunderland. Sunderland. Yeah. Yep.
0: Yep. And again, Newcastle are back in the Premier League and uh, I think Sunderland dropped out. So That's
1: uh, right. <laughs> yeah. So no so local that... derbies for a while. Yeah, that they might have to wait unless they, um, they draw each other in the league or the FA Cups.
0: So I've got a very good book that I'm reading at the moment. It's called Turf Wars and it's by um, Steve Tung and it's called A History of London Football. Now, we've mm. been talking about Arsenal uh, mainly I'm going to have a little quiz for you now, Um, unannounced. Can you name me uh, the other professional teams that play out of London?
1: Um, How many are there? There's quite a few. So off the top of my head, we've got Chelsea, we've got Tottenham Hotspur, we've got West Ham, um, we've also got Fulham um, and the Old Crystal Palace, how many, am I, <laughs> how many am I at now? You're
0: probably halfway through. I'll give you a hand. We've ah, we have got Arsenal. We've also got uh, a Wimbledon. That's right. Millwall. Yep. Charlton Athletic.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Leighton Orient.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, Leighton Orient um, have actually managed to come back from the brink of bankruptcy, um, I understand, the other day as well.
0: I did read that they were on their last league, so that's good to hear. Yeah. Dagenham. Now I don't know what division they play in.
1: Dagenham and Redbridge. How many um hmm, how many divisions are they down? I I could not tell you. No.
0: We've also got Barnet, mm-hmm. uh, Brentford, and QPR.
1: Oh, of course, QPR. Yes.
0: Yeah, there may be a few more than that, but anyway, they are they are generally the uh, professional teams that play out of London. So, as, yeah, yeah, yeah. So as 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 sport in London goes specifically. In mm. summer, you would have cricket. Yep. Uh, in winter, it's football. Now, there's minor sports. We've got rugby league, rugby mm. union. Mm. Where, what's, how do the other sports in London compare to the Premier League? And I know that the, the Premier League is the absolute behemoth. Mm. But when mm. we're talking about rugby union, for example, um, and you always get great crowds at Twickenham for yeah. the rugby, is that mm. in the national consciences uh, the national conscience as much as football?
1: I I would say that it it would be, but rugby union isn't really quite on my radar. Like I'd hear about the odd the odd sort of test match, you know, the Six Nations, that kind of thing, or or, or the test match that takes place at Twickenham. But um, yeah, rugby union isn't quite on my radar, unfortunately. So I couldn't, I can't speak too much for them.
0: So what do you like to do uh, when you're not working and you're not working on the humans of
1: Arsenal? um when i am not working so i'm really into sort of contemporary art so um in london we're really sport for sort of art galleries so you know you've got the Tate modern you've got the national portrait gallery the um the national portrait gallery and the national gallery um so you know there are some really good exhibitions that come and go around in london so we um, my wife and i do Try to check them out. We're into live music, so we try to go to as many gigs as we can. You know, whenever our favourite artists kind of tour the UK, we'll try and see them. We do travel a lot as well. Um, not as much as, uh, not as much now as we did in the in our first few years in the UK, but we do try to cover as much of Europe as we can.
0: So, when you say you like to see gigs, and I love going to see bands, yeah, what kind of venues are we talking about?
1: So, I've um, we've been to venues as massive as the O2 arena or, you know, or as iconic as Wembley. um, uh, Sorry, I was about to say Wembley. I haven't been to a gig at Wembley. I've been to football matches at Wembley. But, um, yeah, so we've been to the O2 or iconic arenas such as um, the Royal Abbott Hall, you know, for the proms. Um, We've also gone um, across um, to Croke Park in Dublin, I mean that's outside of the United Kingdom, that, that that's Republic of Ireland. But we've been up to Croke Park to see Beyonce in a massive stadium, um, and then earlier earlier in the year we went to um, Hamburg as well to see to see Drake. So um, we we tend to go for sort of big ticket concerts, but we also um, don't mind the odd intimate gig at sort of smaller venues.
0: Have you ever been to that? It's not called the Hammersmith Odeon now. I forget what it's called, but oh, the, the Apollo, yes, the Apollo,
1: yeah. So. We've seen, um, we've mainly gone there for um, stand up comedy. Um, so y- y- you've got, you know, um, stand up comics like uh, Chris Rock, um, trying to picture his face now, um, Aziz Ansari, um, Jimmy Carr. Um, you know, sort of those big names of comedy do manage to fill out massive um, arenas like, you know, the Hammersmith Apollo as well. So
0: I'm interested to know if you've got your tickets for Midnight Oil when they come to Hammersmith.
1: No, I'm, I would have to say um, I've probably passed up passed that passed up that opportunity. But I have seen them live in in Australia as well, and um, I've had the pleasure of meeting Peter Garrett as well back in my old job in Sydney.
0: How did that come about?
1: So um, in Sydney, I used to work for um, a radio station um, for for um, a couple of uh, radio stations on the Oz Stereo Network. So you um you may be familiar with Triple M and Today FM. I think absolutely. since you're based in since you're based in Newcastle um uh, NXFM
0: absolutely um, yeah and and K is it K Rock K Rock out of Geelong
1: no no um I'm trying to remember the Newcastle sort of rock station
0: New FM uh, NXFM
1: yeah what else have you got up in Newey I don't listen to FM radio much <laughs> that's all right um. But But I grew up in uh,
0: Sydney, so I know Triple M and today FM very well.
1: Yeah, so yeah, um, I I was based out of the um, the Sydney studios and I was a digital producer. Um, So what we would do was create content that came out of the various shows that were broadcast on that station. So, you know, say for instance, um, a celebrity came into the radio station. We would typically film that interview. I would cut up um, a video package from it, upload it to the website, write some editorial Around it and sort of distribute that on our social networks. So um, yeah, Peter Garrett um, did come into the studios one day and um, and I met him and pretty sure we filmed the interview, wrote some story around it. Um, but yeah, I've I've um, and and that's where the photography kind of stemmed from. So um, being able to work at Today FM and Triple M um, gave me access to work at you know lots of concerts and red carpets and festivals. As well, so I think that's where my interest in photography began, just because I've had the opportunity to do it through work.
0: So I think at the moment, Glastonbury is on.
1: As the crow flies, it's west of um, west of London, um, sort of uh, not far from Bristol, about twenty-three miles, according to to Google. So yeah, Glastonbury is is a town, but the festival does take place on um, on a massive farm that um, that the owner sort of opens up every year. For, for all the acts and all the punters to come in and um, and enjoy their music.
0: And a lucky owner he is too, because no doubt he wouldn't be doing it for free.
1: Oh, no, I'm sure there's something in it for him.
0: I'm sure there is.
1: Um, as, as I mentioned earlier, um, travel. Travel is a big thing for us, um, as well as career. Um, I've been fortunate enough to... To find um, to find work in higher education, working for um, prestigious institutions, um, and yeah, so it's it's work and travel that, um, and sort of the lifestyle. I think is what's really keeping us here in the UK, and we're really enjoying that and we're really grateful for it. Do you
0: see a time that you would ever leave the UK?
1: It's no, not at this stage, I'd have to say.
0: And London in general.
1: Yeah, um, we we love London to bits. Like the sun's just come out now, and a sunny day in London is just a glorious thing to behold. Um, we we particularly love living in um, in our little chunk of London. So we live in Islington, so which is basically the borough where Arsenal is based. So it's going to take a lot for it's going to take a lot for us to 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 leave this place. Really,
0: how far do you live from the old Highbury Stadium?
1: Fifteen minutes walk.
0: <laughs> so, what do you think of what they've done to the ground now?
1: I, I think they've um, they've managed to try and keep it as faithful as they can. So, um, the shell of the stadium is there, if you if you manage to ever see it. So, they've kept the um, the east stand. Um, which um, houses the sort of the famous Marble Hall. Mm. Um, so you know, on match days, that's where the team coaches would pull up, the players and the officials would walk through there. So they've done a really good good job of preserving that. Um, and they've and also um, the the old stands uh, obviously got apartments in them now, but the area where the pitch is, there's like a, a little park, a little fountain, a little bit of green space for the residents to to kind of enjoy. So I think. Um, as, as, sad as, it, as sad as it is to see the um, the old stadium sort of not functioning as a football stadium anymore, I think they've done as best as they can to sort of um, you know, maintain its original look and feel.
0: So for those who can't get there or haven't been there, Google Maps does a very good job and so does YouTube of showing you what the new development at, at Highbury is like now. And what I like about Arsenal is that they respect history and the old marble mm. halls and the uh, Herbert Chapman um, statue is still there. Um, yep, and, that's it, and it really really adds adds to the mystique of what it is to be an arsenal supporter
1: mm, mm, absolutely absolutely i've I've also had the pleasure of um taking um taking a few portraits of humans of the arsenal so if you if you take a good look at the blog you might see a few photos um taken inside the, the marble hall and the um and 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 the people who sort of look after the um the reception desk are happy to to let me in and and, and show these to, to fans that have never had the opportunity of stepping inside.
0: Well, I'm looking at them now, and I'm also looking at another picture. Um, and yeah, I think it's on the street, and I don't know how to describe it. It's an Arsenal Football Club, and it's a facade. Um, and I and it's obviously been converted into apartments now, but yeah. that was also part of the stadium, and it's a bit further on down from the from the stadium. And there's a gentleman standing in front of it from um, from Fiji.
1: Yes, that's right. So um, I think that that's the West End. That's the old West End side, and that little that little sort of sliver of the old West End is also one of my favourite parts of. Um, it's one of my favourite bits of architecture in all of London, actually, just because it's a really good example of Art Deco. Um, the typography is fascinating. It's got the old sort of um, club crest there as mm, well.
0: Mm. And for the launch of the kit uh, last season, um, they featured that in one of the main photographs of it too.
1: that's right, yeah, so they were walking um, yeah they're walking up that street with the with the West End, I think over to the to the right of the players.
0: So Jason, thank you for talking to us about humans of the Arsenal and your experiences of living
1: in London. What are you up to today and for the week ahead? Um, so I guess um, today um, I think I've been tasked with cleaning the house. <laughs> Oh, cool. as as, 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 um, as exciting as that sounds I'll probably get a few errands done hopefully um, well the sun's still out so I'm probably going to go out for a bit of a stroll um, uh, cook some dinner and get ready for the week ahead um, actually yeah uh, this coming week um, my parents are coming in to visit so the we'll ho- nice. wife and I will be hosting them for a week um showing them around town um looking at a couple of day trips up to stonehenge and and liverpool um and taking and then showing them um what life is like for us
0: well the thing about being an arsenal supporter and a premier league supporter in general is that you don't have long between seasons so
1: august 15 is when the season starts again that's right yeah that's right so um What's keeping me busy during the off-season is um, you've obviously got the Confederations Cup. Um, so I think this afternoon, Arsenal, will, uh, Arsenal um, Australia will be playing Chile. Um, so um, you've got Alexis Sanchez there playing for Chile, and then you've obviously got Australia. And I think at the same time, um, Cameroon and Germany are also playing. So um, football is keeping me busy. Um, I also keep an eye on... Um, on football in the Philippines, um, where which is sort of my um, where my parents came from. Um, I'm trying to take an interest in the growth of the sport there. Um, you've got Wimbledon coming up. So um, for, for me, the off-season isn't really that quiet in terms of sport. I'll be keeping myself busy, that's for sure.
0: Well, it's Tim Cale's 100 match for the Socceroos as well, so that's a very uh, proud achievement for,
1: for him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my goodness, he's still got it at um, at 30, whatever, 30. At whatever age he is, he's um, he's still he's still banging them in. That's for sure.
0: Well, he's playing well for Melbourne City, and he, and he's their yeah. um, marquee player. So yeah, uh, one of Australia's great exports.
1: Yeah, um, I, I still can't forget that goal he he scored at the last World Cup against the Netherlands. That was just an absolute banger.
0: So that was my very enjoyable chat with Jason Ilagan from the Humans of the Arsenal website. Jason is living the dream. A boy from Western Sydney now living over in London, working. His parents are coming over, doing what he wants to do and following the Arsenal. Can it get any better than that? You've been listening to London Babylon. To make sure you don't miss an episode,
1: please don't forget to subscribe. We'll be back next week and thanks for listening.
0: Bye.